0: Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast. This is a show where we try to bring you product stories and tips all in an effort to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. And we are going to do that tonight. I brought in some great buddies of mine to help explain something that should be simple but sometimes is not. I have with me Mike Slodowski and Seth Byrne from Magnus Box. Guys, how are you?
1: Doing fantastic, Marv. Yep, doing
0: great. Okay. All right. So uh we are going to turn down the noise here and get right to business. I do want to say thank you to everybody that is here watching us live. We are trying to be here every week from now on till I retire. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, and I will say that while I say that, I may not be here next week because this upcoming week is 4th of July weekend, and I have been slaving to put together a reunion weekend for my mother, and as you can see, I have a shirt here that I put a thing on that you can't read on the front and a picture of a tree, and you can't read the Thomas family reunion on the back. And that is happening this weekend, so I will be probably tired when I get back next week. We're coming back on Tuesday, and uh, it should be interesting. So most of the time we'll be here. Otherwise, if you want to catch the show, you want to see the back catalog of episodes, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com, and you'll see everything that you need to see right there. So... Mike, Seth, how has your, uh, how's your week been going?
1: Looking forward to the weekend. It's been, it's been a crazy week. Just keeping up with growing the backup company and growing Magnus box and just brought in some new employees and we're living the dream. I mean,
2: hopefully Seth feels the same way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the truth comes out, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. I've uh, been having a good week as well. Um, had uh had a lot of time to do some development work for Magnusbox so that's kind of my uh the thing that I prefer the most so um really happy to be doing
0: that this week all right well good sounds like things are going great so this week's show actually comes at a pretty timely time if you could say it like that so last week i got to spend time at The IT Expo here in Fort Lauderdale, which was also called the MSP Expo, which was also called Canatech, and it was about nine conferences rolled into one. It was at our Broward County Convention Center, so there were thousands of people there, over 300 exhibitors. It was intense for four days. One of the events was a networking event where some of my buddies that were local here showed up. I had Uh, Ben from level five was there. Bryant from dynamic network support. I had a junior from one of my clients that I even invited. Uh, He was there and met a few others, but it was interesting. I was talking to an MSP and we were talking about backups. And of course, what we were doing was really just, you know, sharing our stack and who we were with. And the person was telling me, oh, this company burned me. I will never use them again. And I don't want to throw the company under the bus, so I won't say their name, but it's a pretty big name. And it was his one time that he had used the backup product and went to go do a recovery, and it didn't work. Client was down for five days. So wow, wow. kind of an interesting thing. So that got me thinking that when you and I had talked about doing the show, That's a perfect thing to talk about. Why did that happen? So we'll talk about that. But I do want to also say, before we get started, so normally when I put titles up, nobody says a word. You know, my podcast, I don't know. If there was a list of, you know, top 500 tech podcasts, I'm probably 498. But I put the title out there and somebody said, oh, that's bad advice. And I'm like, what, did you read the caption that I put? Did you realize that... 97% 97% of other podcasters and YouTube people throw out these clickbait titles. Am I not allowed to do that? So if, if you've listened to my show for any length of time, you know that I'm not going to throw out crap. Well, let me rephrase that. <laughs> so, some of my older early shows were crap, but, but I'm not going to throw a title up there just to make it crappy. But it's kind of interesting that somebody – uh would comment about how crappy my my title was. What do you guys I think? Title, I
1: thought it was a great title. We we totally clickbait our titles because we do a once a month Q and A session where me and Seth just answer any question people want. And it, it, You can go with a boring title like "Oh June Q and A," but make it fun. Make people click it. I mean, you know, obviously you have integrity. I've watched your past shows, and you know, and it, it was a great title. I, I loved it.
0: All right. So let's kind of go ahead and get into it and we'll deal with sponsors and other stuff later. So I guess one of the most common things that I hear when people talk about their backups is they they just want it to work. They don't want to have to mess with it. And they rely on an email to say that it was successful. Now I'm going to ask you guys, how does that work?
1: I mean, an email is just a tool. I mean, backups are just like your RMM software. I mean, would you let your RMM software go a year without looking at it? I mean, there's going to be some level of human interaction that's required to ensure that you're doing your clients justice. But an email is just a tool to say, hey, you should probably take a look at this. You know, It shouldn't be a, an end-all solution, just, just a part of the solution.
2: Yeah, I think you uh, hit the. I mean, you said it really well, Mike. Uh, I completely agree. Um, it definitely can help with managing backups and making sure that things are going smoothly, but it's not the one sort of one source of truth in terms of making sure backups are running successfully.
0: All right, so Seth, as I understand it, you're one of the developers there. So you're working on the product and are you also involved with designing the emails that go out for notification?
2: Um, I'm, I work more for, um, internal tooling. So I don't actually work on the partner facing, um, software as
0: much. All right. Well, Mike, then I'll ask you, do you know how, how is it decided what verbiage and what details go into an email?
1: So I want to preface this question with that we're like the Hostify of backup. If you guys don't know Hostify, it's a Unify hosting solution. We do the same thing, but we're re- we're using the Comet platform with our own internal staff and our own internal resources and infrastructure. Um, so the thing that goes into the emails that get sent out from our platform is you have two options. You can either get a, a complete breakdown of what happened with timestamps, and it'll show you exactly what happened, or you can get a daily summary report you know, email, I feel that a lot of texts, though, get email overload. I feel that people just turn on all the alerts, get hit with everything that's, that, that could possibly happen. And then they just don't even look at the emails and just delete them or they let them hit the spam box.
0: So in what world <laughs> should an IT company allow a backup report to hit spam? They
1: shouldn't. They shouldn't. I mean, we had a we had a partner that signed up uh, about six months ago, and we call our our clients partners for our backup platform. And I noticed that our our SMTP, our email server, like it went up overnight. Like massive amounts of emails were hit, heading out, and this one this one MSP was getting six hundred emails a night. And we finally had to call him and be like, "Hey, are you really looking at these?" And so he had turned on alerts for if it was a successful backup if it was a failed backup if there was an error if there was a warning we got it down to so he's only getting like one or two emails a day now because we went through and did best practices and said hey this is what you need to be
0: watching so my first worst best case scenario let us know my first worst best practice is never check your email because if, I mean, like you said, 600 emails, I'm probably not going to get to all of them. And if I'm letting them go to spam, I'm probably not really paying attention either. Now, something that I ended up doing, and we actually have a kind gentleman in the chat, Barry, who says that uh, we have a dedicated mailbox that the Magnus box emails come in and we test the backups for our clients once a month. So st- sticking on the email side, so I used to get all the notifications, and I wanted the notifications. Now, for, now, I use several different products for full disclosure. Sorry to say, ManuSpots is not one of them yet, maybe.
1: It's fair. We're, <laughs> fair. Uh, we're, we're not the only backup solution out there. So
0: I've got a few, and I've got different types of emails that come in. And I finally got to the point where I had to let my office manager get those emails And some of them are great because they have either a green box or a yellow box or a red box and she knows to, you know, move the green into completed or whatever. And the yellows she can look at and decide if I need to see it. Red, obviously, I'm going to get. And then she's also got a list of backups that if we don't get an email for, she lets me know which ones those are. So we do get all of our our backups uh, email notifications. Uh, we're probably going to switch that up in a while to where successful ones we don't get. But the reason I want to get them is I want it to be something that we stay on top of, that we know the backups are happening, um, and we can kind of keep a little report tab for our customers that, you know, if they say, well, you know, what happened to last week's backup? Nope, it was there. We got a report, and here's the number of files and all of that stuff. So that's my... My tip for emails, although if you if you're a big company and you get a ton of backup notifications, you may want to streamline that.
1: Yeah, and that's how we do it. Is you know some of our partners they want their clients to get emails, and we've gotten it to the point where we can have a workflow where all the happy, good feeling emails go to their client that are green once a day, saying hey, you're backed up and protected. And then anything bad happens, warning or errors goes and hits their RMM platform and opens a ticket and you know, sometimes they forward them to us, and then our team goes in and resolves them. But you know, my other favorite though is when you're not getting emails because you didn't you didn't want them, but then you never go in and actually check your backups. That's my next favorite because you never check to make sure that they're working in the first place.
0: All right, let's go to Barry's second point where he says he tests the backups for clients once a month. So of course, you know the title is you know never check or test your backups. And which I have found, you got to check them and you got to test them. So if you're doing a, especially a cloud backup, I mean, you've got to go into the portal and at least try to pull up a file every now and then. Um, What do you guys recommend for testing procedures or timelines?
1: You know, it really depends on how many devices you have and and like for our backup platform it depends on how many devices you have I highly recommend people test their backups we don't have an automated way to do it yet I'm gonna emphasize that yet portion (laughs) so Seth's gonna you know he's he's thinking about it but uh you know go in and at least try it once a month just take and pick one or, or do all of your clients if you're charging enough for it you know just go in there and push the button and see if it restores and If you get a confirmation, everything looks good, you know. I see it so many times where, because we still take phone calls. You call the number, it goes right to me or cell phone. I can't tell you the number of times I get a phone call a month from a partner saying, hey, my client's server died. I've never done a restore. How how do I even do this? I have no idea what I'm doing. It happens more than you think.
0: Hmm. So we have, it's not really a policy But I want to make it a policy that every new backup that we set up, we have to do a restore, uh, especially if it's a server. And I know that it's difficult. That's one of the problems that people talk about all the time is that, you know, I have no way to do a bare metal restore. So, yeah, it's hard. And it's not like we all have a spare server, you know, running around that we can check. But most of us at least most people that I know are trying to go virtual. So they're running their machines virtually. So you can kind of, if you're doing a bare metal virtual image backup, you can at least pull down that image and start it up in a virtual environment. Um Does that sound like a good thing to do?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, You should always have a way. I know that bare metal is always hard to do because you don't always have hardware, but I mean, it doesn't hurt to have something laying around that you can do a test, you know, virtualize that infrastructure. If you can see what your backup provider offers to be successful, you know, the more, you know, about how the backup software works, the more you can properly take care of your clients. That's, That's all what it's all about at the end is
2: just taking care of your clients. And kind of to the point of the virtual environments, um, as an employee of MagnusBox, I'm particularly envious of the feature that some other backup providers have where you can spin up a VM right from the backup provider's platform. So no intermediary steps, um, you, you know, you basically say, I want to test this spare metal and they have a feature where it'll, you know, spin up a remote dex- desktop and you can view that backup. Um, we don't currently have anything like that yet at MagnusBox, but I think that's a really cool feature to have um, that goes along with and verifying the backups are working well and, and that um, you know how to do a restore process.
0: So exactly. that was something I was going to try to ask you guys about. And I, you may not have the answer yet, but cause you don't do that. Mm-hmm. But so going back to the story that I got last week, so the person was telling me that, uh, is that your wife calling dinner time?
1: That was one of my, my, that was my not calling me, telling me one of my servers is misbehaving.
0: <laughs> Backup not working. <laughs> Um, They were doing a image backup virtual. And when the server crashed, they thought, oh, we'll just pull down the backup and spin it up and be good to go. Now, they were using one of the services where it not only gave them the email that the backup was good, it gave them that image that showed the startup screen at the login ready to go. Oh, your backup's good. But it wasn't until they actually logged in and tried to start some processes, try to get a network connection. And they said that was really the big thing is that they could not for some reason get the IP assigned and then they couldn't do some services on there. And I I don't know if it was a SQL server or or whatever, but you know, in my backups where I have that, I have that some of them are called application aware. Where they can actually, as part of the backup process and the testing process, tell you whether or not the service has started up or, or anything like that. Now, you said, "Are you doing the? You're doing images, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not doing that spin up testing and all of that. So, are you in a stage where you're trying to think of all the goodies that you'll put into it, like?" If you were going to do the perfect notification, what would it include when it comes to that stuff? That's a good question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a good question.
0: Yeah, this show isn't um, scripted, so.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think um, because hmm. yeah, I mean, it, to, to your point about the, I mean, showing the screenshot of the virtual, you know, the, the virtual environment, even though that screenshot. Led them to believe that the backup was ready to go. Yeah, um, you know that that sort of underscores the fact that it, it there were some underlying problems or that the the process wasn't as smooth. Um, so hmm, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this, Mike? I'm, I'm not. I don't know. There's a lot that you could go into. it
1: There definitely is. I mean, the screenshot gave them like a false positive or a false comfort that they were everything was fine, but it didn't work in the end. I mean. It's it's almost, you know, you can automate it to a point, but if it doesn't work in the end, then what when, what good was the automated testing showing you the screenshot? I mean, it's it's all about trying to make sure that it works with the minimum amount of effort and time needed because, I mean, our time is the most valuable thing that we have.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, that, I was thinking. So that image, know, nice to have, you know, that right. thought pattern of somebody going, well, I can see the screen, so it must be good. Uh, obviously isn't always 100%, which is why we've got a test. But the same thing if you're just doing a file-level backup, say, from a NAS, you know, and you go in, it's, I can see the files. I don't need to restore.
2: Yeah, I think, as Mike touched on a little bit earlier, I think it's almost more of like the process, knowing the process of the restore. Um, you know, a lot of times when, when, uh, at least with with our experience, like with, with our software um, like if it if it says the the backup was um you know successful uh it it usually indicates that the selected files are being backed up you know that doesn't include if if a certain file or folder isn't selected that's sort of another problem but i think a lot of the um, problems arise when you know it's it's you know panic time and <laughs> you got the client right on you and you're trying to get things back to normal as quick as possible um not being familiar with that process Um, is is almost more detrimental than, you know, like a a false, uh, you know, failed backup.
1: I agree with that, Seth. You know, I've seen seen partners where they get upset because, you know, they needed a file, but then they never selected it in the first place, or the client added something and didn't make their IT provider aware of it or their MSP aware of it, and then they never backed it up. I mean, I can't tell you when I had my MSP how many times, People would say, "Oh, yeah, their data is backed up, and it's just sitting there on an external hard drive, sitting on the you know the secretary's desk, and that's that's their backup." You know, it's it's crazy, but I think a lot of it is just making sure that you know what you're backing up for your client.
0: So I will share this story, and this is um, my history with backups, and mm-hmm. why I want the emails, and why I want to do the testing and stuff. So. August 2005, and yes, I do remember. I just don't remember the date, but it was right before we were getting ready to deploy a major software for a law firm, and we were trying to do something, and they needed a file, and we had a backup, and I thought it was going just fine, and we needed one file, and when we went to go restore from the server... I had just installed, did the automatic install, and assumed everything was good, would get the emails, your backup's good, never checked it. So, what does that mean for me? I go back to look for the file, file's not there. Why was the file not there? Because the file was on the E drive of the server. And when I went to do the install, I didn't double check to see if the E drive was checked. So, I had their system file us their system drive all taken care of. But that e-drive was not. Now it wasn't critical. They didn't, you know, lose business or anything. And so we immediately started backing up that e drive going forward. But had that been a major, you know, crash or something, I probably would be out of business.
2: Yeah, it's it's tricky. Um especially when when software is offered that sort of like default um it makes setup really easy right like onboarding you just do the install and you're set to go um but it is, it does introduce that problem of uh not catching things that are important to the client that maybe aren't kind of traditional setup or something like that Um, so definitely definitely uh somewhat common problem um,
0: i would say yeah so of course that's part of all of this stuff with you know t- uh, checking and testing, but going deeper is to check and make sure you've selected all of the files that you're supposed to select. Which you know when you if you do a full restore, then you've got a you know reasonable chance of finding out. Oops, I forgot to back this up. Let me get that taken care of. So that's why I want to put that you know policy in place where you know we're doing a restore hopefully in the first 30 days so that we know, all right, we're on the right track and we're good to go from the beginning. So I know that I asked you guys to come with some stories, but, you know, to protect the innocent, you know, I hope that you've, you know, whitewashed the names and all of that stuff, but of what we've talked about so far, what would be a standout story in terms of, you know, something you've seen, not, not that one of your partners has done it, but, things that you've seen <laughs> around the industry?
1: We'll, we'll sanitize our stories. You know, there's been incidents. We've seen things on our platform. I mean, when you have 240 plus MSPs and 4,200 devices, it's, it's, you're, you're going to see some stuff. <laughs> and so, um, I think one of the stories from our earliest days was right after I hired Seth and we had this one partner who, um, installed it on an endpoint, never set up the backups on. And that was early in the day when we were still small and we could go in and check everyone's backup server to make sure all their backups were working. We'd reach out and say, hey, you know, this isn't working, or we'd call them. And we had one that just for six months, it was just sat there. No backups were ever done. They set it up. It was, the agent was running, but they never chose anything to back up. There was no schedule set. And it just sat there. We tried numerous times to reach out. We reached. We kept trying. We documented it, and then six months later, the hard drive failed in that cl- in that MSP's client's device, and they came to us upset. And we're like, "Well, we 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 tried to reach out to you, and you know, here's our our proof, our emails, our call logs. This is everything we tried, and we just had to give up. You know, we can only we can do only so much. And so my my advice has always been, whether it's your RMM system, your antivirus system, your anything, your backup system. It's never a set it and forget it. You know, I I, I feel like I see that a lot where everyone just buys something thinking it's a set it and forget it. And you still have to check on it. You know, nothing is permanent.
0: Sorry, I'm taking notes here. That's all good. (laughs) So right now I have the tips to, you know, blow your career out of the water. Never get an email notification. Never check an email notification. And don't test recovery. How we doing?
1: Yeah, we had one come in from a friend of ours earlier today, and their their tip for us, their bad tip. So don't follow this tip. It's it's just a suggest. It's just a joke. Ignore any warning emails. They're basically successful, right?
0: Well, <laughs> so here's the thing that that color system that I told you I have on one of my backups, where it's you know green, yellow, or red. Yeah. Yeah, yellow's not really that bad. You know, just like if you're driving in a car, you know, you see a yellow light, that just means go faster. <laughs> so, um, yellows might be pretty important. So, yeah, very interesting. And even green, I'll be honest. Green may not always be good either.
1: I mean, it's true. I mean, if you didn't have the backup configured properly, you didn't have the right data being backed up, I mean... No backups your backups aren't going to be good if you 're not knowing what your client has on their server, and that's why it's always important to do it talk to the client, ask them the hard questions, even if it seems like a stupid question. you know I think that in the i t industry we all feel that everyone's on the same page as us, but really there's a lot of people that don't know and so say you know where, what do you do? What can you not live without I mean the easiest way that I sold backups before we were a backup company was what would you do? if you lost all your data tomorrow and what data is it that you would have to shut down your business if you lost that data? That's the two questions that you really need to ask every client. What would you do if you, if you lost ever all your data tomorrow, what would you do?
0: Hmm. I just had a question that, um, your good thought threw me off. I
1: have that. I have that ability, right? So I do it to you all the time.
0: (laughs) I got to write stuff down, get an outline. Um, Interesting, so here's a question I have so that three two one backup rule that, that doesn't mean squat any, anymore, does it?
1: who needs it? Come on I mean who needs who needs you know three copies at two different locations and who needs that stuff? Come on, Marv, we know better than that. I'm a huge advocate though in all seriousness when we had our when I had our MSP, if they had a server, they were required to have some kind of cloud backup. They were required to have a local backup and the actual file on the server. It was my three, two, one right there. And they, if they didn't, if they didn't want to do that, then I wasn't willing to take the liability for them.
0: So along with that, there's also the idea of we only need backups for the last day or last week. Um, now, I know that one of the big name boys, they allow you to have, you know, up to unlimited retention, but most of them are going to be somewhere between 30 days and a year. Now, ransomware is a big thing now that if you don't pay attention and allow ransomware to be backed up, that could kind of screw a company, right?
1: Oh, gosh. He said the ransomware, <laughs> ransomware words, uh... <laughs>
0: Is, there, gonna, a st- is there a story there?
1: We're going to spin down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so I got to keep it clean. I got to keep this one highly sanitized. So, Seth, if I start saying things I shouldn't, just, you know, just disconnect my computer. <laughs> sure. So, Do we need some soothing
0: music in the background? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll have to, we'll to bleak some things out. Okay. Um, so there was an incident that happened, was it about a year ago, Seth?
2: Uh, yeah, a year, year and a half ago.
1: So I'm going to kind of give the, the easy version, which is one of our partners, they, were, they took over IT for a dental office, and it wasn't just like one location. This place had like three or four. They weren't in true MSP to this dental office because they wouldn't do the contract or whatnot. They were more of a break fix for them, but they had our backup software on there. So um, what happened is I get a panic phone call on a Monday morning, saying, hey, this, the client's, this dental office has been ransomware and All of our backups are gone. I'm like, what do you mean all of our backups are gone? They're like, yeah, all the backups are gone from the MagnusBox platform for this client. I'm like, it's not possible, because we have ransomware protection built in. So it was, because we're HIPAA compliant, we had to get our HIPAA vendor. We use um, Compliancy Group, because they do an amazing job with with our HIPAA compliance, so um, we had to get them involved because it was a HIP incident. We take that very seriously here, and um, so we did enough investigation internally to determine what happened was that at the end of the stories, um, the previous MSP before our partner left RDP open to the world and oh, the
0: guy naked.
1: You know how this story is going to end now,
0: of right? course,
1: <laughs> and. There was a lot, there was, we were, we had to piece together most of the information because the dental offices, cybersecurity, insurance provider, they're not on, they're on the, they're on the insurance company's side. They're on no one, they're on no one else's side. They're, they're not your friend. <laughs> they're, they're trying to protect themselves. But we determined that over the weekend, over Saturday and Sunday, the um, ransomware people, the bad people, they got in and did some snooping and they saw our backup software on the endpoint. And... Normally, our software is locked down because we have policies in place that are default. When a partner sets up a server, policies are set by default to prevent deleting storage, to prevent accessing the, the, and the, uh, the endpoint dashboard, to prevent anything from being deleted or maliciously manipulated by a client. Because I'm going to be the first to say none of my MSP clients ever had access to their backups or access to the dashboard. That was my job as an MSP. But the bad actor found our backup software, went in there. we seen on the timestamps where they went in and purged the data from the vaults. Um, they did it twice because they didn't get it all the first time. They went back and cleaned up their mess. And then on that. That's a,
0: a very evening, tidy bad actor.
1: He, he was a very thorough bad actor. And so we, we had to deal with that, and we had to get a HIPAA and jury of all from compliance Group. They were very helpful. I gotta say, I was hoping I'd never have to make that phone call, but we wanted to make sure that we followed our HIPAA agreements because we have BAs with all of our MSPs that request them. We sign them all day long. And it turned out that the MSP had disabled all of our security features at the request of the dental office. So that way they can go in and monitor their backups, which included having it set up. So that way they didn't need a password to log into the endpoint software.
0: Yeah. Who needs those things?
1: Who who needs security? Right. And so it was, it was a, it was a really big mess. You know, we cleaned it up at the end of the day. We determined that because it was determined that because the the policies that we have in place internally here at Magnusbox, because they were disabled, that that's what jeopardized it, and so I don't know what happened after that. You know, information was far and few, but it was it was pretty bad. That RDP, um, yeah, RDP. <laughs> Lots of acronyms these days. RDP was left open to the internet, and they got in through that, and it was it was a mess. But we did the best we could to help them out. And uh, last I heard, the dental office ended up having to pay the ransom to get their data back. Mm. Mm-hmm. But. It was a hard, it was a lesson, you know, but, you know, with our platform, the nice thing is that when you have, when you don't disable the security features that we put in place to protect you and your clients, um, you have unlimited retention with us. We mean unlimited, you know, we got a few partners that have been with us since day one, four years ago that can still grab that data. You know, the beautiful thing is that with retention, that if your backup provider is doing it correctly, you can grab a file that was changed a week ago prior to a ransomware event before it was backed up encrypted and you can reclaim that data without having to pay that ransom. And that's the only ransomware store that turned out bad on our platform in four years. All the other ones turned out that they were able to recover the data um, without having to pay the ransom.
0: Yeah. But sounds like it wasn't your fault. So.
1: I mean, I felt bad (laughs) because I, I wanted to help everyone. I just felt bad that that, that happened to them in the first place. But you know, we, our team, we verified that our policies were set up at the time the server was provisioned, the backup the backup portal. Yeah.
0: All right. So you mentioned your platform, and we purposely did not talk about it in the beginning. I want to go ahead and do that now. So why don't we do a quick break where we pay some bills, as most people would say, even though you know, my bills aren't really paid, I guess. But uh, we are going to say thank you to... Our sponsors, and let me pull up the slides here, and our show, the IT Business Podcast, is presented by NetAlly, the number one ally of network professionals around the world. They have the Etherscope NHG Portable Network Expert, which is the multi-technological, all-in-one, handheld network analyzer, that enables engineers and technicians to get more done faster from deployment to maintenance and documentation of their ever-changing Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and Ethernet access networks. And our live show that we are doing here on Wednesdays is presented by Computers Done Right, a managed services company in Southwest Florida here. Not only do they do managed services, they also will help you with uh, computer repair, virus removal, and can also do other things such as website design and social media marketing. So all of your computer repair needs, go to computersdoneright.com. And I need to chat about TechCon Unplugged. It is happening this September 16th and 18th in Chicago. That is put on by our good friends over at MSP Unplugged, Paco and Rick, and it is a great conference where technicians can talk to technicians, and we stand side by side with vendors in our industry, bringing the two sides together to help us all do the best that we can in our business. It is a fantastic event. Uh, I will be your MC this year. I don't know what that means, except that I'll be announcing people and shuttling people back and forth. But it's going to be a great event. I have been to just about every iteration of it. And Magnus Bots is a returning sponsor. So that's one of the reasons that they're on here. I wanted to get some of the sponsors from that show on here. Uh, if you have not got your ticket yet, head over to techconunplugged.com and get your ticket. And use your discount code ITBP75OFF. That's the initials for the IT Business Podcast, ITBP, seven, five off, and save yourself 75 bones for that conference. Mike, you looking forward to being there?
1: Oh, I'm I'm excited. So I have Seth going with us down there, and I got one of our new hires coming as well, um, Luke. So we're looking forward to it. You know, it's amazing seeing how it's changed every year. And even though we're MST vendor, I still love sitting in on the sessions i mean i remember your session from last year marv where you uh, talked about um what was that topic it was on network infrastructure diagnosing a network yes and you talked about was it the fluke or the don't or was it domots?
0: We well i talked about both
1: yeah it was a good session which one did you have one stuff that you enjoyed down there at TechCon because i know you sat in on a few of them as well
2: i did yeah i kind of popped back and Uh, between managing the booth and attending some of the sessions um i enjoyed the marketing one uh, just kind of the digital marketing um for for quite a while i'd sort of assumed that you know digital marketing was just like super easy you just make a website and create a facebook and you're done um but uh over the last you know uh, 12 to 18 months it's it's sort of really uh i (laughs) met the hard truth i guess Um, there's a lot more that goes into um, marketing and it's definitely um Picked up a lot of cool tips at TechCon during that during that talk.
0: Who did that? Yeah. Se- was that was that Lisa Shores' session last year? Um, I'm I'm not sure. Or or Matt Rodella. did he talk about digital marketing last year?
2: It was Matt's. Yeah, I was kind of yeah. I think Matt,
0: was- the tech marketing engine. Lisa's good too. i just saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know marketing's hard if if you remember our booth from 2019 we won't we won't talk about 2020 cuz or 2020 cuz that didn't exist but our from our 2019 booth Marv, was pre-hiring a marketing person and our 2021 booth was after hiring a marketing person way i think our booth turned out pretty well last year you
0: actually had a proper tablecloth
1: i know and <laughs> and, and I, I swear I'm going to I'm going to get a trophy that has a the swag award that you need to give away because we're upping our swag game this year. I'm not going to tell you what we're bringing, but we went all out on a very high end piece of swag.
0: So what you're saying is you want me to hold up your swag after the conference and say, I enjoyed this the most.
1: I mean, you should just award it to whoever you think has the best swag or the best attempt.
0: Do you realize I'm coming with my own swag this year?
1: Are you not? Where, do, where you do you not see it? this
0: shirt here? You probably can't. Let me move. Uncle Marv. I have my own shirts now, Bubba.
1: Okay. I need stuff. We need to put on a note. I need a shirt that says Uncle Mike on it.
0: <laughs> uh, so let's do this. I mentioned at the top that I, I don't use your software. And part of that is because I've been in the business a while. And I've had to be doing backup that whole time. So I've got a couple of other providers that I work with. Uh, I do work with Datto. I do use the Synology products, and I use the backup software there. And I also have another product, Backup Assist, that I used a long, long time ago. And I have been going back to them. So those are the three. Well, there's actually a fourth. I have my RMM product that has a very inexpensive, quick cloud backup well, if I need to do some workstations, I do that. So, aside from that, tell us about Magnus Box.
1: Oh my gosh, how much time do we have? I could talk all day. No, <laughs>
0: we got eighteen minutes.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. You know, here's the thing, Barry, who's in the chat today, and I just want to say thanks for attending here, Barry. I was hoping you'd come today. Um, he said something to me when I started, and that was stay in my own lane, and that's been my whole mantra like from day one is just we're, we're, we're not worried about what the competition's doing or what other backup providers are doing. You know, we don't get upset when someone uses a different backup platform because we realize that there are multiple solutions that can fit uh, uh, or multiple products that can fit a solution. So what MagnusBox is, is MagnusBox is using the Comet backup software, which is publicly available. You can go to cometbackup.com and, and, and join with them. But what we do is we use their software with our own internal tools that Seth and our development team have been working hard over the years to build. uh, And it's our own internal support and infrastructure as well. So we have our own storage clusters that we actually went in and we started building our own storage clusters. We just got done launching a new uh, petabyte cluster here in Saginaw, Michigan, which I'm not going to lie, I love working in the data center. There's just something so peaceful about working in a data center. I don't know what it is. You crank up the music, you just, and then seeing it work at the end and watching the data flow—it's just, it's just amazing. <laughs> but uh, so what we do though is we are a channel-only, white-labeled backup uh, provider. Um, you can come to us. We only sell to MSPs. We don't sell to the public because that's not what our goal is. And what we do is we build out the the backup portal for you. You can then manage your Back your endpoints through that portal by installing a very small agent on your endpoints, and then you can either set up your backups through the web portal or the uh, through the backup software on the endpoint. And it's just it's just so efficient and it's pretty customizable. So we we back up things such as file and folder, disk image, so you can do your bare metal recovery, Office three sixty five, and then there's some pretty cool new features coming down the pipeline from Comet that we're integrating into as well. And we just started offering Synology Backup, which that was a large undertaking. I, I heard. I that. was going to
0: ask you about that. So when you say offering Synology backup, are you talking about there's an app for MagnusBots that you can download onto a Synology NAS? Is that?
1: Exactly. It used to be a little harder last year because you'd have to install, download the Linux client because we support Linux, Windows, and Mac. Um, but you used to have to install it through uh, Terminal all you have to be a be really familiar with the unix and linux command line really
2: familiar it was like three commands
0: <laughs> okay if I, if I have to do oh, yeah. if i had to do one linux command that's too many
2: <laughs> so
1: we you know funny enough we do a lot of internal development because, you know, the backup software is maintained and managed by them and we just integrate into it. And so we tried building our own Synology backup last year, which is why we were happy to sit right next to the Synology booth last year at TechCon. It's kind of why we sat there. <laughs> but uh, we failed. We failed miserably. We tried our best. Synology is a beast. They're a great beast. But uh, now we natively support it through the help of Comet with their integrations. Uh, we can now natively backup up Synology um Synology they they're kind of like Mac they they like things to work their own way
0: that's one of the reasons I started going with them I I like what they're doing and it they're yeah. they're not that hobbyist you know file server box anymore they're they're doing some pretty nifty stuff over there and uh I can say that because I've already recorded three shows with them that I'm waiting to put out as soon as we can put together a live Q&A session so um uh, I don't want to say I'm all in on Synology, but we're doing pretty good with him. So in terms of your backup stuff, you mentioned all the stuff that you're doing. Now, you also, some of that stuff where we talked about, that application-aware stuff. So you can do the SQL Server stuff, right? You can do Hyper-V. Um, yep,
1: absolutely. We see a lot of uh, SQL, especially with some of, I think it's like Dentrix <laughs> uh, we, there's a few dental, uh, a piece uh, dental of crap. law or dental law I'm sorry
0: that, that to... dental software Dent- what yeah. I was I was going to call it a piece of crap but it is what it is
1: I'm glad I've never had to use it firsthand. I, I, one of those softwares they it's just they, they say it's a database, but it's just a flat file sitting in a folder, and I'm like, "Oh, I, I was expecting like you know this massive SQL database. It's just like a single file in a folder that's the whole database.
0: No, it was probably made on Filemaker Four, you know, back from 1989, the same one that i I built my used bookstore uh, software on.
2: You know, I think Do you the books that are, that are behind you right now. Are those, are those in the software at all? or No, no
0: these are going to be in the book club. That's coming up soon. Ah, so
2: fix cool. this next is a really good book.
0: I haven't read it yet. It's up there. It's uh, I will read it soon.
1: Yeah. You know, the one thing that I can't, the one thing that I took from running an MSP was vendors. It just seems like the vendor MSP interaction has just gone downhill. Like you can't with, with, vendors to being an MSP, it's just like, it's so hard to get an answer from someone. And so the nice thing about me coming from the MSP world and Seth, because he worked with me in my MSP, is that we're trying to bring the human element back. So like we have our phone number on our website. It rings right to both of our cell phones. If you open a ticket, our rule or my rule is that all tickets have to be responded to the same day they come in. And I tell you, you know, we only work from nine to nine, Monday through Friday, but if I see a ticket come in after that and it's something quick, uh, you know, just jamming out a quick, hey, I got your message. I'll, I'll address it in the morning if that's okay. I just The whole goal is not even about being the best backup company out there. It's just bringing back the human element and treating MSPs the way that they should be treated. That's been my whole thing from day one. It's just we need to get back to where we were instead of just you're just a number in a queue or in a, in a system. That's the one thing that drove me insane,
0: You mean you're not calling everybody right now to get a three-year contract?
1: No, I mean maybe. No, I mean. Oh gosh, that's another. That's another. When that happened, we had so many people contact us; it was crazy. Like our our ticketing system went on fire.
2: It'd be cool to see a graph of like either trial, like you know, trial accounts created, or like tickets received, uh, and like um, you know, create a graphic that corresponds with. Some, you know, major news releases, uh, and you know, a cool correlation to, to view. So well, we
0: did we go ahead, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to ask, even before the announcement, there were people already leaving, you know, for various reasons. Um, I know I considered leaving, um, although for my law firms, they're, they're still on that product but I'm sure there were a lot of people contacting you. There was another company. Um, you know what? Why am I hiding names? It's my show. So right. Dat- Datto, um, you know, they've been raising prices forever. You know, um, MSP 360, is that who they are? Or they were? They were Cloudberry before, right?
2: No. I, Club- think- it Cloudberry? I, thought, it I thought it was. I thought Cloudberry became MSP 360. I'm thinking of Cloudberry. On- Never mind
1: blackberry <laughs> like wait hey, that sounds like no that's blackberry yeah cloud um,
0: but i've heard with cloudberry when they went to msp 360 that they just they haven't developed the product and they're not responding support takes forever um, so everything that you're saying definitely rings true cuz that's what we want we want to know that yeah you know yeah it doesn't have to be you know the Cadillac of backup products but you know we need it to work And if we have a question or we have an issue, God forbid, it doesn't work. I want to be able to call somebody and walk me through getting it fixed.
1: Exactly. And why is that so difficult? And on top of that, my other, the other thing that probably drives Seth insane is that I am a huge proponent of transparency here. You can ask me any question and I will probably answer, you know, TechCon, we went to last year. We got beat up and we went there just to see everyone and just reassure them because we had some issues last year. One of our data centers that we partnered with in Texas, 12 outages in a month and a half. And that's one of the reasons why we started bringing our data in-house and building our, our own storage clusters. Because, number one, we have the expertise internally to handle it. And two, we were able to cut our cost by like 75% by doing it ourselves and get the same quality, if not, well, definitely the better quality if there's 12 outages. But... Um, You know, that's – being transparent, I mean, we were straight up with people and we had an issue that, hey, this is what's going on. We can't just tell you, hey, this is all great stuff. You need to know about the bad stuff too.
0: I'm sorry, I'm stuck on 12 outages. How how can they call themselves a data center?
1: They offered an S3 – so we use the S3 protocol. We don't use Amazon. Okay. But um, they basically – after I shook the tree, because Seth will know I didn't sleep very much that month and a half. Um, we just found out that they weren't moni- they weren't managing their storage clusters. They got to ninety nine point seventy six percent capacity in one of the hard drives failed, and it took down the entire cluster multiple days, and it was it was a mess. And we use the same software for our store. We use Seth. Our our storage clusters are built on Seth, not Seth. You know, C-E-T-H. Um always got to differentiate that. And it's very highly resilient stuff. But once you start hitting that 60 to 70% capacity, you need to start adding more nodes. And you need to start adding more drives because if you lose a, a storage a server, you got to have that backfill and that's what happened. And so it, it was a rough time for us. And I mean, what we, we did not lose a single partner because they, they understood where we were coming from. No one lost any data, didn't lose a partner. And we got so many kudos because we were so transparent and we've gotten past that
0: well like I said that's the whole reason that we have you know conferences like TetCon where you know we want to be with vendors that are true to their word true to us and yet you know it doesn't always have to be you know roses and sunshine and clear beaches I can say that from Florida um, <laughs> You have potholes. What was that?
1: We have potholes in Michigan. Does that count?
0: You have a lot of things in Michigan. I've I've been to Michigan, by the way.
1: It's a nice. It's a nice. Certain parts are nice.
0: Yeah, Traverse City. Really nice. It is. The uh, the cherry rose blossom festival. Is that what it is?
2: Yep. True. Yeah. True. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I went there with my family a number of years Um, when I was Mm -hmm. younger. It was. Always, a, always a highlight of like the, the fall you know late summer period
0: in the kalamazoo Doodah parade
2: <laughs> yeah i'm i i'm i'm in kalamazoo actually i'm I'm so, studying at university um and I, I really like the city it's it's you know yeah, you, like the prettiest city um
0: did you say sort of in university
2: i know sorry well I'm studying in university My bad.
0: so you're from england i it, it sounds like huh
2: <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's university, college. It's, it's sort of... I, I like the their, uh, their verbiage a little bit better. It, it sounds more sophisticated. Okay. I'm at university. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I study at university. <laughs> Not the college of Kalamazoo. <laughs> uh, all right. So now here's the other thing. You guys started you you always say you started by accident. In 2018. Yep. So you're a young company but gaining momentum but I I don't think I've ever heard you say what the true motivating factor was or what was the what was the last pin that dropped that just said, "You know what? I got to do this."
1: You know, 2018-2019 was a very rough year for me. I was I was feeling the IT burnout and I feel we could have a whole show just on IT burnout and mental health. It's, it's a whole another topic, but you know, I was trying to find backup solutions. I was the last one I was with was backblaze and you know, they're a great company. They do some great stuff. And like I said, I am for any backup company out there. I guarantee that we're not the best, but we have the best support might be biased, but um, there was an issue. And so I was trying to find something and, I found Comet, and I started. I I kind of read through their articles on how to get stuff going, and it just worked. Um, And uh, I put it together, and then a bunch of my MSP clients bought it. And then I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to start selling to the world. I'm going to be the next Carbonite. I'm going to be big. And then seven months of nothing happened with my 15 MSP clients that were all my backup solution. And so I wasn't planning on being a backup company, and then... I got talking to our good buddy Paco and I give him a lot of kudos and a lot of credit because you know, I was in a rough spot in my life. I was very unhappy and, and I just said, it. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. And he's like, Mike, he goes, if you were to go, I'm going to be honest with you. He goes, if you become channel only and only sold MSPs, I think you could do that. He goes, I think that you have the right. He goes, I think you're the right person to handle that. And that people like you, you're honest, you have integrity and that, you should just go channel only. And so around Thanksgiving 2018, I just said, you know what? We're just going to do it. And so I ripped out all those systems that I spent six, seven months perfecting and became a backup provider for MSPs. And then it took – Paco hooked me up with two people. Uh, one of them is a good uh, uh, good friend of ours, John Dubinsky. I think everyone knows him. Fellow Florida man, there. yep. And then uh, Joe is also one of our, our first partners that signed up. And that's what started it. And then it started spreading through the community. And, I mean, we've, we've tripled our sales every year. And we've, we've never had a, a month of negative income. And, you know, it's all about, like I said before, it's all about being honest with people. And that's why we've gotten so big is that we're just transparent and we're, we answer the phone. I mean, that's, that's so much these days to have someone just answer the phone. It was an accident, so that's always my joke that this whole company was an accident. But it's been a very happy accident. My mental health got better. We got Seth. We now have a. a, a we now have additionally five employees total, not including myself. Everything from marketing to support to internal development, and it's it's been a fantastic ride. I mean, hopefully Seth agrees, and he's not just saying it for a paycheck.
2: <laughs> I uh, I definitely enjoy the, the software development aspect more so than nsp um, break fix stuff but that's just
0: me all right well glad you shared the story glad you were able to spend some time with me here uh folks i will have the link but it's an easy website magnusbots.com and go there and learn all you need to learn sign up for a trial and you have gotten some very good support from the channel starting with paco um, our buddy mike smith uh, talks about you all the time on his show uh, is a big uh, supporter of you guys and the TechCon community will welcome you back this September.
1: Looking forward to it. I'm we're so excited for TechCon. We look forward to seeing everyone there.
0: All right. So that's going to go ahead and end our show, except for one thing. Normally at this point in the show, I would ask for a Florida man or random question story, but. I think I'm going to do something a little different. I have in my hand three pieces of paper with three Florida man stories that I'd like you to pick a number, one, two, or three, and that would determine which Florida man story I read. So what is your number?
1: Seth, what are you going
2: for? I think two. So oh, for two.
0: The one I didn't want to read.
2: Oh, so <laughs> that,
1: that's why we picked it.
0: So here we go. I'll just tell you: if you had picked story number one, the title is "Florida Man Dies Trying to Save Teen in Lake Michigan."
1: That's that's a pretty interesting topic.
0: Title of story number three: Florida Pastor Exposes Self at Starbucks in Kissimmee. <laughs> So, obviously, the first one was you guys are in Michigan, so that would have been a nice tie-in. The third story is where I will be this weekend with my family. We will be in Kissimmee, Florida, for the family reunion, not to see that pastor. But here is Florida Man story number two. Florida Man robs victim who wouldn't buy him Wendy's chicken nuggets. Coming out of Miami, Florida, a man was arrested Friday after he reportedly robbed another man at gunpoint outside a Wendy's restaurant after refusing to buy him chicken nuggets. According to Local 10, John Earl Taylor approached the victim outside of Wendy's as he was getting out of his car and asked if he would buy him chicken nuggets. The victim reportedly told Taylor he couldn't because he only had enough money for himself and went inside. As the man was leaving the restaurant Taylor came up to him again except this time Taylor pointed a gun at the victim he demanded the man give him his keys and gold cane chain which he did Taylor then reportedly drove off in the victim's car detective saw the victim's car parked the next morning and uh very interesting I don't I you? don't know why it goes on to say that Taylor was taken to the hospital and treated for minor injuries. <laughs> so, oh, I see. He drove away in the car and he was caught because he eventually crashed the vehicle. So, <laughs>
1: oh. I was like, there's got to be something else
0: that led up to the injuries. <laughs> I know. I'm like, skipping stories, skipping paragraphs. Can't do that.
1: Uh. Like, did the victim like go and beat him up for the chicken nuggets, or (laughs) were we talking like spicy chicken nuggets? I mean, it really depends. I mean, I don't know. He
0: he must have asked for the big boy chicken nuggets because you know they have that big. You know, those Wendy's has gotten a bit to be expensive now. Yeah,
1: everything went up. You know, back in my day, which I can legally say that now at the ripe age of thirty-two. Um. McDonald's used to have, like, a 50-pack of nuggets at one of the Super
0: Bowls. Oh, yeah. Yep. McDonald's used to have a lot of things.
1: Hey, Seth, will you go buy me some chicken nuggets?
0: It's too expensive. (laughs) Just like, have you ever noticed nothing on the dollar menu is a dollar anymore?
2: Yeah, I, I worked at McDonald's, actually, before. Working for Mike. Um and for a while there were. Like you could get a burger for a dollar. There was like actually a dollar menu. Um drinks were a dollar, but at least uh McDonald's here. Um I think like burgers are like a dollar twenty now. It's you know, it's it's like, oh man. Dollar where twenty. Where's where's where where like you said, where's the dollar menu?
0: They're like one sixty nine and two twenty nine here. Yeah. So All right, that is going to do it for our show, folks. If you are joining us live, check out your screen for extras in the show. If you are listening by audio, thank you very much for downloading and subscribing to the show. If you want to check us out live, just uh, follow me. Head over to the the website, itbusinesspodcast.com. Check on the link there and follow, and you'll get notified when we're going to have a live show or when an audio show posts. And you'll not miss a show. And for now, we are going to say goodnight. I want to say thank you to Mike and Seth for hanging out and uh, helping me out with my best clickbait title ever.
2: (laughs) Thanks for having us. All
0: right. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next week after my reunion. I'll let you know. And stay tuned for another episode coming up real soon. And until then, holla.